0: everyone to your next podcast. This is number eight. We're going to do in our first season, a total of 10 for those who are listening next week, we'll have another topic. And then week 10, we're going to do something just kind of totally off the wall (coughs) discussion that uh, might be just a little bit fun and uh, have nothing to do with any maybe serious content. Maybe we'll see. You never know. But anyways, thanks for listening. If you're new to this, this is Dr. Jim Narr, along with Troy Garrett. I've been in ministry for... Well, the greater part of my life and pastored a couple churches and been a kids pastor and uh, achieved uh, different degrees, worked at a Bible college as a dean of student, a faculty uh, teaching professor on some Bible issues. And uh, Troy, he's a young up and coming great minister himself, a phenomenal preacher. He's finished uh, his uh, uh, Bible uh, d- uh, ministerial degree, getting ordained in the process of getting ordained. Phenomenal speaker. Um, I'm an old white guy in my late fifties. And he's a young black guy, uh, just barely over 30. And we have some interesting contrast of thought and we do our best to bring it all together in some form of, um, unified understanding.
1: If that's possible,
0: if that's possible. But anyways, you're next. The whole idea is look, when I die young people, you're next on carrying forth, um, Our beliefs. You're next on carrying forth our morals. You're next on carrying forth on what's important to humanity. And obviously, my perspectives are from a Christian perspective, and uh, I'm flawed like everybody else. I'm not infallible. I have mistakes and issues. I have people in my life who keep a filter on me. So. But ultimately, we're looking for um, the ability to just say, yeah, these are some important topics to discuss. Young people are dying to talk to older people and be honest in their conversations. Is that right, Troy? I think so. Yeah. Like you don't have to like smooze up or be careful what you say. Like, I just want to say what's on my heart, even if it's not. Yeah. Yes. And feel safe. Yes. Feel like even if I'm wrong, at least I'm safe to, to get it out. Yes. And sometimes I might even be right. Yes. Wait, are you saying that
1: I'm right sometimes?
0: Of course. Cool. More often than you might think. You're a good
1: preacher. But I am I feel like you think I'm totally wrong on the subject we were talking about today.
0: Oh, no, I just think that I like to um, make you look from a different direction. <laughs> Which today's topic, you're all on the edge of your seat, or maybe not. Maybe you tuned out already and went to get a drink. But uh, communicating with God. Makes no sense to me makes no sense to Troy. It makes a lot of sense to me, but I had to develop a process. And the
1: reason it doesn't make sense is because we like to say we use the same words. So talk to God and then we don't explain how talking to God is. We say hear from God as if we hear from God the same way we hear people talk. So- we say that prayer is a dialogue, but prayer is not the same way that we have a dialogue
0: okay so what you just said is 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 something that I've read a lot of books on prayer, which I'm just a firm believer. Prayer is a communication with God and it builds our relationship with God. We just don't recognize it as communication. And I'm reading this awesome book just finished by uh, Donald S. Uh, Whitney called uh, Praying the Bible. And in there, he talks about young people's and even older people's struggle with praying, about praying over and over the same thing, over and over, and uh, feeling like um, it's either going nowhere or they're bored or they're tired or they're distracted, which brings me to something that... um, um, I've learned through life and I'm getting better and better at the idea that um, that when we pray, um, a lot of people just randomly pray without any specificity involved. Like, for instance, and I'm going to I'm going to stretch real this quick,
1: real quick. I don't think that's the issue. No, I it, think the let, issue let is people pray with specificity and we don't hear from God. And then it's like, oh, am I praying correctly?
0: Here we go. Ready? This is what I hear. Oh, thank you, Father God, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, nope. for helping me. Nope. Thank you, nope. Jesus, that's Father. Can about. you please help me, Father, that's, in this situation, nope. Jesus? And I'm telling real you, quick, when I hear people quick. pray, yes, they get in this, this babbling that of like, "How that about true. just have a conversation so, with
1: God?" So I'm not. We're not talking about those type of people today. But we're I think that's the majority the of
0: the lost in praying. They just get caught and they don't know what to pray. Right. So, so they so they just have repetitive words that mean nothing.
1: Yes. So. I think it's real easy to tell people, hey, just talk to God like you. All right, here we go. I was about to say something, and maybe it is wrong. I was about to say, just talk to God like you talk to people. Bingo. All right. But we don't know how to do that. No. The issue is I can start doing that. I talk to God like I talk to people. Hey, God, this sucks today. What do I do about it? I hear nothing.
0: So, here we go. What do you do when you hear, when I talk to you, you wouldn't just ignore me. Here we go. So, again, from my Christian perspective, I think that we have to rethink how God speaks to us. There's two terms, logos and pneuma. And one is in the anything very, audio. Yeah. yeah Numa is basically what's happening in our heart. Yeah. No, I'm talking about audio. Okay. And, I hear and you. Then, and then logos is, is written. So, real but, quick.
1: Hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. I hear you audibly, so I know it's you. If I ask you a question, your lips move, I hear a sound coming out of your mouth, and I know that it is not me talking to myself.
0: Okay, good example. Ready? Have you ever read the book Praying the Bible by Donald S. Whitney? No, I've never even heard of this dude. Okay, good. So if I read something in that book... That I thought that's really cool. And then I quoted it to you. Did you not just hear from this writer, Donald S. Whitney? I heard his words. Okay. Did you not hear from him? Yes or no? I understand what you're saying, but did you not audibly hear his words? I audibly
1: heard his words. Okay. The Bible but did I audibly hear him? So I would I would say
0: no, I did okay. not. Okay. So the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And you and I talk about this often. Everything we do is based on faith. It's personal faith what we choose to believe or not yes, believe. And this is my issue.
1: When we say talk to God like we talk to people, I don't have to have faith to talk to
0: you. So From a Christian perspective, I believe strongly in this. This It's something I've learned and grown in. At best, and you've told me you also agree with this, at best we respond to God.
1: And I agree with the statement. Okay, Do I understand it completely? No, I do
0: not. But if you respond to God, then God has communicated with you. Now, I'm going to give you another analogy. I know it's going to stretch you, and you're not going to like it. If I was... Deaf and mute, and I spoke to you in sign language, and you were able to either understand my sign language or have someone interpret the sign language for you. Did you hear from me? No, I did not hear from you. We communicated, but I didn't hear from you. And that's it. This is about communicating with God. That's why I chose that title. No, so this is that's why I chose that title.
1: Yes. So in church, we say, "Did you hear from God?"
0: No, I didn't hear from Him because He doesn't talk to me. If I speak to you in sign language and someone, I didn't interpre- hear from you.
1: We communicated, okay,
0: and that's the issue. But you would walk away saying, "Hey, I heard from I I heard from Jim Narr today." If you if I was speaking at a church and all I did was speak in 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 sign language, so this, and someone right. interpreted, you'd walk out and say, "Wow, so we just you, heard from speaker so and so today. He was pretty good." So would you
1: say would you say that if you heard not heard if someone communicated with you through sign language, would you say I heard them speak to me
0: sure because that's very that's a very common phrase you you, you know I'll go even further you can be in scenarios with other human beings on earth and watch them do something that touches your heart and you can respond with, wow, that that really spoke to me. So this That, that. Not I heard the audible, that really spoke to me. And what I'm saying is that you can understand that if I tell you this in human terms, but sometimes we miss this from the biblical perspective. Go back to at best, we respond from God, Genesis 1, God spoke, something happened. God spoke, something was created. Everything happened, God spoke, God initiated. And I think that what we sometimes have to do is take a deep breath and recognize that God is initiating conversation, maybe not in the ways you're used to. Like Moses with the burning bush. That was a very unusual situation. Now, here's something not understood in the story that needs to be understood it was not unusual for the bush to be on fire, it was a dry, arid place and And with weather phenomenons, that was common. What was unusual is it was on fire, but it was not consumed by the fire. Okay. So Moses approached. So God did something, got Moses' attention, and Moses responded. He didn't know he was responding to God. I understand everything you're saying, but I'm not
1: walking around seeing bushes on fire. Okay.
0: But what I'm saying is I think more people need to recognize what God is doing to speak to them and initiate conversation. Yes, so this is so, my so issue. hang on, hang on. Hold on
1: quick. No, no, hold on quick. We go, this is my issue. We always use these crazy examples in the Bible, and then
0: we say, well, you don't need to be thinking about it like that. No, no. Here's what I'm saying. So you hear the burning bush scenario in Chapter 3 of Exodus.
1: No, and But real quick, this is what I'm saying. We say... We say he saw a bush burning. We don't see bushes burning. And then it says he heard God speak to him. I've never heard God speak audibly to me. So, how? I, I, so I get that, but let me do, finish
0: the analogy. So, what can I take from? So, so, Moses responded to God in Exodus chapter 3. It wasn't until Exodus 33, after. Years of struggles and turmoil trying to lead people the way God wanted them to, that you read the account where Moses would, would talk with God in the of, in the tent of meeting and they would and he would speak to God as face to face as to a friend. Now, now this is the problem that people don't understand. That's a metaphor because no one has seen the face of God, even Moses. Even Moses, who asked, God says, no, at best you're going to see me pass by, but you won't see my face. And yet they use the term... That they spoke together as a friend would face to face. But yet we know that nobody has seen the face of God. So you gotta understand the metaphor. So what what has happened is over all these years, there was a trust factor built up that you don't read Jot and Tittle every single day of his journal. But there was a there was a years and years of of relationship building where God would do something. And Moses would respond. It wasn't always audible.
1: So, so I'm just gonna go.
0: I'm just gonna go to the. Now very I point. know of some people in this t- current day and age who will tell you clearly that they heard an audible voice and it was God. It's am, never happened to me, but I, I have no problem communicating with God and hearing Him speak to me. I am which, going, when we get there, I'm going to go to another direction on that too. I'm
1: going to go to the crux of my issue. If God is so loving. And he's our father, air quotes. Sorry if that's sacrilegious. If he's our father, why does it seem so difficult to talk to him?
0: Because if you're a Christian, if he can
1: do anything. Because why if, does why does it make it why does he make it so hard to recognize his voice? Because
0: if you're a Christian, you will note that in the very beginning of Genesis, that God came down and hung out with Adam and Eve in the garden.
1: Yeah, but but didn't the fall mess all that up?
0: So what became the problem? The fall. You're right. So that's what broke down the communication. Bet.
1: But then Jesus came and fixed it, right?
0: Yes, but how did he fix it after he ascended? So if he fixed it, why? How did he fix it it after he ascended?
1: I have no idea. Sure you do. I'm trying to figure out why right now it's still
0: so hard to talk to God. It's not as hard as people think. It's it's because they haven't built certain habits in their life yet. Well, how did how did Jesus fix it? So so Jesus ascended the
1: and then said what? I've been I, real quick. This habit, whatever you're talking about, I've been attempting to try it for 33 years.
0: Well, let's and get back to that. I just went
1: through a season. I just went through a season of potentially listening to what I heard. Air quotes and right now if i i don't have anything tangible to come from it
0: okay so let's back up and i'm going to build back to that very question what did jesus say when he ascended when you when i said he fixed it i don't know what he
1: said when he ascended he
0: said you have to go back and pray i'm going to send to you a helper the counselor the counselor the advocate the holy spirit exactly we have the holy spirit and, and the question is, is, can we tune into the Holy Spirit? And the question is, how do we tune into the Holy Spirit? Now, pause. I have issues with prayer in my life. I have times I do it very well and times that I'm also lacking. I have times I feel very close to God and times I feel very distant from God. And after my times of distance with God and questioning the same stuff you do, even though I'm 57 years old, having the same questions in my brain, uh, I still, and the times I'm close to God, realize he was speaking to me more than I would give him credit. So so here's the thing. I'm going to go back to this cool book, and there's other books that talk about the same thing, this, this um, book about um, praying the Bible. The idea that when you pray, now we've talked about this, Easy, easy yes or no question. Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Yes. Okay. So how often do we forget to pray Scripture in the midst of our prayers? The idea, a good example is the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. He didn't say that this exact quote was the key. He said, here's a format, and I've taught on this many times. Uh, starts out um, um, w- in the Lord's Prayer. It says, our Father. Ooh, pause. God just spoke to me about who he is in my He just spoke to me because that's the word of God. Hmm, our Father. Uh, and it gives me time to, f- to ponder and, and let that lodge in my brain. Who art in heaven? Oh, you're a problem. He's not standing next to me where I can touch him. Okay, wow, I need to ponder that in my prayer. Hallowed is your name. Oh, wow, everything I read about you was holy and pure, even though I have issue. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed it be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You go right through, as it is on earth and as it is in heaven. Oh, God, Man. I might be missing what you want on earth because it might not be lining up with what you want in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And there's theologians who will, uh, who will um, rightfully argue that that has two contexts to it. One, the physical bread that we eat. Give us this day our daily bread. God, give us nourishment. Just like when your children wandered in the desert, you gave them manna and quail. Oh, thank you, God. Give me bread. And it also means give me bread, that spiritual nourishment I need. And you know what? The spiritual nourishment is in the Bible. Again, I go back to how many people even use the scripture when they pray just the Lord's prayer. You can go through there and go through 10 main points and take an hour praying. And every time, and I and one of the things Whitney says in his book is really cool. He says, you know, it says in in, in Philippians that all things, we give to, to prayer. All things, good, bad, and even the stuff that doesn't make sense. I, I like he he pointed out this, and he says it it will cause some contention, but it's, it he's trying to make a point that 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 as you as you read a, a piece of scripture, and and it and and it might say something about. Mark, the uh, in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It might say something about Mark, but but at that moment, the word Mark reminds you of a friend named Mark who's having some problems. Now, now you're not taking Scripture out of context because you're not trying to make a contextual approach right now. You're just praying and using Scripture and letting things come to your mind and offering them to God. So you read about Mark, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, my buddy Mark. Hey God, I know this is a sidetrack, but now that we're thinking about it, oh man, I just really need to pray for Mark. And and you never know what God's going to put in your brain just by reading His Word when you're praying. The whole idea, um, the, the 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 whole. I, I love the twenty third Psalm. That was the first, probably the first passage I ever memorized growing up. And and we and many of you know it. It's 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 sung. It's or excuse me, it's read in, in the wrong context often at funerals but it's not for the dead it's for the living the lord is my shepherd wow i'm gonna go to prayer and i'm gonna choose this psalm and i'm gonna go to prayer because i don't know what to pray because you just said it i don't know what to pray i keep praying stuff and it's not working no i'm praying the same thing over and over again how about i pray the scripture because the scripture is the word of god so the lord is my shepherd oh wow my shepherd oh and why i'm thinking about it so, What I, about all the under-shepherds out there we call pastors? And then I'm you begin following. to pray. I shall not Real want. Quick. Wow, I'm God, you're taking you. care of me. Help me not to want because I feel like I'm in need. I feel like I can't pay my bills. I feel like I, I can't buy groceries. Real quick. But I sh- I need to trust that I'm I shall follow- not want.
1: I'm following you. But you still haven't talked about everything so far seems
0: as if you're saying this is how we communicate to God. And this is how God communicates back because we're praying his word. In other words, sometimes in the flesh we're praying for things selfishly, thinking we have the right motives, and it's not lined up with God. And we don't recognize it until we start reading scripture while we're praying and going, Wow, I can pray about this. It's not what I want to pray about. So I'm so I'm still I'm still trying to figure out what you're we pray selfishly so we communicate selfishly
1: i get that i'm saying i'm I'm saying when we're praying i could be praying wrong however i'm praying what is god doing to correct
0: it have your parents ever given you the cold shoulder Uh, not on purpose or maybe on purpose have you ever gone on and on about something that says, "All right, I've had enough," and they just turn around and they don't want to listen? I don't have a particular memory of that. Well, I I think it's pretty common. Sometimes um, we can be in situations where we just keep harping on the same thing, and we're like, "Look, I'm just tired of listening to that," and we and just so this is my question. So, so, so hold, on, hold on. So quick, maybe God on, is no, like, "Could you
1: change the topic, no, please?" Hold on, real quick. This is what I say. Maybe God's saying, "Can you change the topic?" When your daughters are coming to you, what are the? I feel like if she's talking about life, you're probably not going to ignore her. If she's talking about like a pencil, you're probably like, "All right, I'm, I'm." You keep talking. So about you bring this my pencil.
0: daughter, one of my daughters, into this. Ready? So recently, she hold on real
1: quick. This is what I'm saying. You're cutting me off, and I'm just. What I mean is. I know we do that to each other. When you're, If your daughter comes to you talking about something trivial to you, you're probably going to ignore her if she keeps talking about the same thing. But to her, it means everything. How in the world is that
0: loving? Sometimes people have to realize that what they got their mind focused on isn't quite so important. And
1: so if I'm talking to God about my finances and the fact that I feel like the fact that I feel this is funny real quick side note, I heard this one thing about a podcast and it said people create podcasts just to have therapy. I will say that I do have a therapist so, I'm not just using this to to talk about my And it's issues. not me. <laughs> it, it it is not. But I will say I am getting I am getting emotional because if if I'm going to god about something that is affecting my life. Sorry for the pauses. I'm trying to control myself. If I'm going to God about something that's affecting my life. And then I don't hear something. Like I don't I don't understand and I think I think this is an issue for a lot of people. That you see you see something going on in your life and you want to be better and then you pray about it and you don't get an answer and then i think it doesn't it doesn't seem it doesn't seem loving for somebody who we're supposed to consider our father to seemingly ignore something that
0: is so dear to us. And all I'm trying to say is that you're right. We want an audible voice, but sometimes it's already buried in the word, and sometimes he's already spoken to us. And if we, it says if you search him, you'll find him. And as painful as that is and as painful as the situation that you're you'' you're, you're, you're working through God has not necessarily ignored you maybe God's trying to redirect you to where the answer is but if we continue to if we continue to run the same maze over and over and over again and there's a dead end then do we just keep running the same maze and I understand the pain I get it. And one of the things I was trying to bring out just before that honest moment is, is very recently, one of my daughters was dealt with a very um, significant um, financial strain. Um, I won't go into the details, but it was significant and it bothered her. And, and she deals with some anxiety and she talks about it in her own podcast and stuff. So I'm not outing her here. And she deals with anxiety and as her dad, Um, As much as I could talk to her, but it wasn't going anywhere, I ended up just reminding her. I said, you know, this is where those easy verses that we just toss around, we have to put skin on them. Like, I cast all my cares upon you. Like, I lay all my burdens at your feet. Like, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. Like, the verses, he sees me in dark places. And and what I'm saying is that we have that's what we have to pull out of us. And I gave her a, a few others, and and she ended up being inspired to saying, you know, Dad, I, I I don't pray these and recognize, and 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 yeah, we know them as cool memory verses, and we know them when we're trying to lead music worship, and we know them when we're trying to to preach. But then when we apply them, that's the word of God speaking to us. And, and so to me, the more we get. We just get um, submersed in the word. That's how, to me, God speaks. Because just like with Moses, years and years to develop a strong relationship. It doesn't happen on the early end of our relationship. I'm still trying to figure these things out. I'm still struggling with my good times in prayer my bad times in prayer. I still struggle with my times of complete doubt and my times of complete assurance. I still have things on my horizon that I have, and I'm not making it up. I don't want to share them right now, but I have things on my horizon I just don't want to face. And then what do I do? Well, Psalm 26, just because it happens to be laying open in front of me. Good place to pray. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I've trusted in the Lord without wavering. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for your love is ever before me. Wow. Okay, God, this is how I'm feeling. This is And this is a humble approach that David had when he wrote this, the idea that, that um, it deals with just the realness of life. And David's not the only one. Um, who wrote the Psalms? There are many other psalm authors. People always attribute David as writing them all. That's not true. Uh, psalm twenty-eight. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbors, but harbor malice in their hearts. Wow. I can pray that God. You you've 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 put that in your Bible as something important, important enough that I can start, um, that I can actually start um putting that in my prayers. There's just so many things we don't understand. And all I'm suggesting is that in communicating with God, the written word is the is the first most important primary step. It's the word that, that we call the Bible that I have to figure out how to lot. And there's a lot of it I don't understand still. I've been to school and classes and courses, and there's still things in here I don't get. But I keep trying, and I realize, okay, that's your spoken word through history to various authors that you entrusted to write down the things that you spoke to them, and a lot of them it was spoken in their heart, and they wrote them down. And a lot of it was just an eyewitness account, like with the apostles, and they wrote it down. And, and this is and this is where I'm saying communicating with God. I don't care if you're older or younger or in between, we get in the rut of I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and there's no results and I'm tired of it and I'm bored and I can't do this anymore. And I'm just saying, maybe, maybe the idea is that our prayer needs to be graced with a different set of words that lodges in our heart that takes us to a place of deliverance. Psalm 27 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Wow, God, that's you talking to me. But yet we're still afraid, and we're still fearful. Some young people that I've talked to, many, not just one or two, are afraid of just being alone in life. Right? Yeah. And yet we're told the Lord is my light, and my salvation, whom shall I feel fear? The, this, the, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wow. Some people are afraid of themselves. Yes? They're afraid of their own inabilities, their own inadequacies. Yeah. And and, and so in, in essence, they're afraid of themselves. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I don't have the right skill set. I don't have the right experience. I don't. And so that that that, that anxiety and fear begins to consume them. And yet, if we were to change our thoughts. It, so and,
1: hold on quick. So. My thing is, yes, people are afraid of a lot of things. But the I think the issue is. I understand I'm afraid of these things. What do I do with that? And so a lot of people go to God to try to figure out what to do with it, but they don't
0: get an answer. And there's a verse in Scripture that says, when I've done all that I can do, I will just stand. And that's a waiting. I know, you know, do you know who, um, um, hang on, I got her name. Um, hang on, um, uh, Tata, Erickson Tata. Joni, Joni Erickson Tata. Uh, she, she was, and she's well-known in ministry. She's a little older now. Um, she wrote a book called When God Weeps. Now, her story, which is lost by young people today, was very impacting when I was young. She was a young lady graduating from high school out on a summer party at where there was water, and, and she ended up diving into the water, and she hit, her head on a rock and became instantly a quadriplegic, um, paralyzed from the neck down. And there was and, and, and she went through years of wanting miraculous healing. She went to faith healers. She didn't understand why God didn't heal her, but she knew that God heals people, but why not heal her? Why is she not getting healed over other people? And she had to go through this whole relationship-building process where she learned to trust God in different ways. She's a phenomenal speaker, a phenomenal art author. She's a great painter. She learned to paint with her mouth with a brush in her mouth. She's, she's learned to, to, to get around with her special wheelchair with very limited uh, uh, reflex movement of her hands, um, and, and she had to rethink who God was in her life, and God wasn't going to heal her. She even put in that book at one point, talks about um, somebody going up to her and actually declaring boldly, if you had enough faith, you'd get up out of that wheelchair. And in her frustration, she writes, she drove her wheelchair into the man's shin, and the man screamed and grabbed his leg and said, what would you do that for? And she responded, if you had enough faith, that wouldn't hurt right now. And and so what I'm getting at, the pain is real. The confusion is real. Remember, Satan is the author of confusion. The anxiety is real. The unknowns are real. But the more I have to just submerse myself in what I know are the words of God, which is the written word, the more those words begin to expand a greater understanding when He does point something out to me. When He does, my daughter was hit by a car crossing the road when she was in high school. I wasn't home. My daughter, my my wife, who watched her, always cross the road, was there when it happened and watched my daughter get hurled through the air, land in the middle of the road as the car ended up off the road. Uh, She it was bad winter weather, and she had to get um, uh, to um, the the uh, the trauma center quickly. But they couldn't. They wanted to fly the chopper, the mercy flight, but the weather was too bad, so they had to put her on an ambulance. It was very touch and go for a while. Why did we have to go through that? It was hard. I don't know why. Um, my daughter um, ended up with a, a, you know, a plate in her arm and, 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 and scars that, um, on her body. And to this day, 20-some uh, years later, she's still in pain from her accident. Why, why does she still go through that pain? I don't know. But when I am afraid, I will trust in him. I will cast all my cares upon him. I will lay my burdens at my feet. I just have to, you said it, it's faith. It doesn't make sense. So I have to redirect my thoughts. My daughter and husband recently, who was teamed up with us here in ministry at OVLC, um, God directed their path, and they ended up buying a house an hour and a half away. Why? Why? God, why? This was, I, my, my daughter and son-in-law, I'm having so much fun with them doing ministry. Why? Why did you move them away? But in, at the same time, I had to say, okay, God, but I'm gonna trust you. I gotta give this to you. I gotta immerse in the things of the scripture. I gotta keep myself on track. I gotta know that at the end of the day, you got this um psalms 88 oh lord the god who saves me day and night i cry out before you my prayer comes before you turn your eye ear to my cry man that's a real prayer for me too so when you when you say i struggle with this that's a real prayer if you were to start let's just say you you can do anywhere in the scripture but let's say you did it with the psalms and you started praying through the psalms and you can just write oh lord man yeah uh, why can you just turn your ear to me for my soul was full of trouble and my life draws near the grave. Oh, I'm accounted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man without strength. Oh God, that's how I feel help me in this lord because you are my salvation you are my strength you are my shield but i'm feeling these things and so when david writes these or other authors in the bible what they're doing is they're explaining their 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 complete entire humanity and 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 helplessness and their complete desire to trust god with what doesn't make sense in between
1: Definitely going to have to edit out this pause. But, so there's a lot of things in the Bible. There's a lot of verses in the Bible. The Bible is, it depending on your Bible, can be a uh, eight hundred pages long. How do you know where to go? You're saying if you don't, if you're struggling with hearing from him, go to the Bible because you know that's his word. I'm probably not going to go to Leviticus. Exactly. And
0: that's the point. Without having a plan, like I've already laid out, just because I'm using Donald S. Whitney's approach in this conversation, um, which is the idea of praying through Scripture, but he starts with a psalm. Okay, how about I start with the psalms? Matter of fact, he suggests that you take a, a glance. at Because the psalms encompass almost every emotion that you can go through, good or bad. The Psalms in their entirety express the best of the best and the worst of the worst, my greatest victories and my greatest defeats, and it shows the humanity of life. And why not just start a process of of, of, of immersing yourself there? Like for me on the Proverbs, somebody taught me this many years ago. There's 30 chapters in Proverbs. Read a chapter a day. If you forget a day, don't beat yourself up. If you forget day two and three, and then on on the fourth, you remember, just read chapter four. Don't try to make up what you missed, but try to commit yourself to a proverb a day. I did that for two years, a proverb a day, and kept up pretty well, just a proverb a day. If it was February, I didn't worry. It's 28 days. I didn't worry about Proverbs 29 or 30. If it was... Um, if it was a um, if there's there's 31 proverbs. If it if it was a, a month with 30, I said there was 30. There's 31 proverbs. I, I misspoke. If there's 31 proverbs, then on the day with month with 31 days, you read chapter 31. If it's a day with 30 days, don't worry about it. But but the things that I remember, and I did that several years ago. The things that I remember and turn can turn quickly to just by spending two years immersed just in proverbs. Which has so much to do with just how to handle life in general. So, if somebody is starting out,
1: you put two years into it. If somebody is just starting out, what do you say to that person, where all they have is Proverbs one? They've never read it before, and they have the world, seemingly the world, on their shoulders, and they they're new to this. Okay, so what do you tell them? Well,
0: you you chose Proverbs, so I'll just turn there. And I tell them this: You're not here to to to, to um, exegete scrip- scripture. You're not here. It's not a, a matter of hermeneutics. I'm not asking someone to necessarily. F- yeah, I know I'm raising your eyebrows. It's not a matter of right now for you to worry. So when? Did, so when is context? Hang on, I'm getting there. Uh, initially, someone has to start out and have the desire to go. Now, now listen. Here's what I believe: The word of God works for the richest. And the poorest, the word of God works for the youngest and the oldest. The word of God works for the most educated and the least educated. The word of God works in every ethnicity. Yeah, I'll get it out. Every ethnic culture, it has to work. So therefore, even the even simplistic of things, it's not if someone's new. It's not time for me to give them into corrective mode. It's time for me to say, just start and pause and say, God, help me understand what that means. And if not, don't beat yourself up, move on, and you'll start finding things that make sense. So you start on on Proverbs, we're gonna do this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Okay, well, that's good, now I know who wrote it. Second verse, for attaining wisdom and discipline. Pause. Okay, so what I'm about to read is so that I can get some wisdom and discipline. Yeah, God, I do need that. I I can start right. That makes sense. Next, for understanding words of insight. Oh, so all these Proverbs 31 chapters are going to help me with some insight. Next, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. Oh, so that's why I'm reading this. Oh, so anything I read now from chapter 1 to chapter 31, I'm going to... Okay, it's for doing what is right and just and fair. Oh, it's going to help me know right from wrong. It's going to help me understand when someone's being unfair and when things are unfair. Oh, forgiving prudence to the simple. Yeah, that's me. I certainly feel pretty simple minded sometimes, God, but you're going to, you're going to help me with this knowledge and discretion to the young. Oh, this is good. Even for the young people. I'm just giving you the Proverbs. You pick Proverbs one and I'm just, and, and this I'm giving you a short version of what could turn into an hour long prayer. Let the wise listen, ooh, and add to their learning. That means Jim Narr needs to add to his learning. I hope you help him listen. He's wise, but I hope you help him continue to listen to you, God. And then me too. Let the discerning get guidance. Oh, there's a lot of discerning people. Help them as they give us direction. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddlers of the... And you just begin to go, and you just help people go, pause. Think about it. Talk to God with what you just read, not, dear God, help me, Lord, I have this problem, God. I understand we take our stuff to him. I get that. But sometimes we've taken it to him enough times, we just have to redirect our thoughts, which redirects our prayers, which redirects our priorities.
1: And I'll and for me, an issue of mine—
0: You're getting the aha look.
1: I'm, I'm getting the aha look, but I know this is easier said than done.
0: Yes. And so for me... You need... I don't even like the word mentors sometimes. You want to know why? I understand mentors, and I believe they're important, but you know why I don't like that word? Why? It sounds like organizational and required commitment. Right. And I, I, you so know what word is- I like? You need to find those encouragers, those spiritual encouragers who can you can be open and honest, it'll help you get prodded or pushed in a particular direction with people you trust. Now, there's still mentors, but you see why I don't like the word mentor? Yeah. Oh, you're my mentor. Uh-oh, what's expected of me? Maybe I don't want to be. How about I just encourage see, I, you? I just. How about I just love on you? And just to get on that
1: point before I go back to some of, of why it's easier said than done, just thinking about that, I heard somebody preach about the difference between like your peers and your mentors and how you are more likely to be one hundred percent open
0: with, with your, your peers. peers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I we said that together and I didn't even and I just and, knew where you were going. Yep. But
1: for me, I am a hundred percent open with you and Derek Holzer. Well thank you. And so for me, I just don't I don't understand yep. so to me I like in as much as I know Derek is because he always encourages you. Yes, and I would never say that you guys are my peers, because you guys are ahead of me in life. I'm I'm following your example, and I'm just like, if you if you can't be a hundred percent open with somebody, then why have them in your life? It,
0: it, it, but so so I don't no, but I don't want no, to mes- get on that. I that, don't want to get on that. That message was correct predominantly people are more open with people that they're comfortable with on their peer level, which is why, as an example, this is a stretch, but I think it's an example. Christians are more honest with their unchristian friends because their unchristian friends are more willing to t- slap them on the back and say, Ah, oh, come on, let's get over it. Let's go out and get a cup of coffee. Whereas your Christian friends, Have you been reading your Bible lately? How's your relationship with God? How's your spirit? Are you and God okay? Have you been drifting? And it's like, Come on, dude, I'm just trying to be honest. Me and God are fine right now, all right? Him and I are cool. I'm just having a hard time listening right now. But your peers are slapped down the back. Ah, it's okay, Troy. Come on. We'll be all right. And all right. And the Christians go back to, is the right. church broken? Remember that? I was waiting for you to say that. I, <laughs> is the church broken? Because guess mind. what? I hate that. Well, you know, so-and-so has this problem, and I'm only telling you so that we can pray for them. Really? Right, you so, needed to tell me that so we can pray for them? Like, I really right. needed those details?
1: Right. So, back to it's... The way you were talking about reading Proverbs and engaging with Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Right. Those no. are probably the yes.
0: three books that are the easiest to do. You can do them in all the books, but those are the three easiest. And this is and where, in the beginning of Genesis, too.
1: But this is where I have me personally. And I will say if I'm having an issue with it, there's probably more people having an issue with it. So verse two of Proverbs one, their purpose is to teach was to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. That was a new living translation. So for me, I'm, if I do what you do, Oh, this is going to be, this is going to teach me how to be wise and have discipline. My next question is going to be how, and then from there, and, and that's where the. And then from there, my mind is gonna race with questions. And that's
0: the beauty. I like what Whitney says in his book. He says that's the freedom of not trying to exege. Ex- yeah, say it for me. Exegete. <laughs> Thank you. That's the freedom of not trying to exegete scripture right now. That's the freedom of not trying to worry about hermeneutics right what, now. What is? And,
1: the freedom to ask questions.
0: When you said, right now, my mind goes a million different places. That's the freedom in prayer to say, right there, oh, God. Yes. My no. mind is going so many places. And now every place your mind is going is something you say, wow, God, it makes me think about this. Wow, God, it makes me think about this. And that's where your whole prayer life begins to become something you never expected.
1: Hold on. So uh, that does not sound like freedom to me.
0: I think it's great freedom because it opens oh, your no. mind.
1: Uh uh-uh. uh. Not so. Maybe we just go to God with the wrong, with, with different perspectives or different. Okay, if motives. you're
0: telling me that you, okay, maybe so, I maybe misunderstood you. No, 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 no. You read that and you think what? This is going to teach me how to be wise. And then you said after that. Well, how is it going to teach me how to be wise? And you said after that. Because my mind begins to go in so many different places. Bingo! God has just told you there's some things to pray about because your mind is starting, and and that's where you got to recognize. Wow, God! You, I'm you respond. The best you do is respond, and if that's the word of God, and your mind starts to go to all these places, now there's a response. Wow, God! If it's going to be acquiring discipline for me and teach me what's right and just, and and I and your mind starts to go places. That's that's where you're you're in free conversation with God because you don't want to shut down even the bad. You don't want to hang out in the bad, but you got to realize I read the word of God and it expanded what was in my mind at the moment. And all of a sudden I realize there's a lot of different things I'm dealing with. Yes. And now you begin to, you're a journaler. I'm not a good journaler but but I do a little bit and there's a lot of journals so now you begin to write these things down and go wow all right so I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna open up my journal because I have I happen to have it and I'm gonna read what I wrote today and I'm gonna so this is me talking to God. Lord I need your help. my mind races way too much. I know I need your help but I seldom recognize it meaning I don't recognize this help all, all the time. Outside of you, I know I'm nothing, but it's hard for me to recognize you. And the mindset of being nothing without you combined with not recognizing your help leaves me lacking. And this is where the questions, just the rest of it is just questions. So let me just go down this level of questioning. Is the result of lacking proof of the wrong mindset? If the result is not what I want, do I need to change the terms? Does the does the desired, does the undesired result mean the terms are wrong? If so, which term would be wrong? Is my mindset of being nothing without God wrong? Is the attempt to bring God into that mindset wrong? Does the latter stem from the former? Is it even an equation? Meaning, so I'm going to explain that part real quick. I have a mindset of I'm nothing without God. And then plus not recognizing. Sorry, I have a mindset of I'm nothing without God. Plus me going to God, but not recognizing him. That plus that equals a lacking. And so I'm trying to figure out. See, it's hard. Like, I see your I see your and people are probably going to be like, what in the world? No, you're going to be surprised with what I'm about to say. And so let me just finish. And it says, so just this line of thinking of thinking and questioning is proof that I need direction. So after all of that, I just come to a conclusion that I'm gonna keep going down this line. I have no idea where I'm gonna end up. And so I say, just this line of thinking and questioning is proof that I need direction and I'm drowning. I know I need your help. Is there help outside of you? Is there something to do
0: outside of you? And so I don't journal every day. I have gaps in my journaling. And this is the last thing. I listed four problems I'm dealing with, which are my four problems. I'm not going to read them out loud. And here's the last paragraph I wrote in my journal. Ready? It's more and more confusing as I go. Capital letters. Help, Lord. Please guide my path as you desire. Help me in the times of confusion or feeling trapped. Gee, not much different than what you're dealing with, Troy
1: So why do you seem why do you seem more put together than me
0: I I, I don't know because internally I wonder just like you do do I seem maybe because I'm just honest about my stuff maybe. I, you've, you've been around me. I, I'm just, what you see is what you get. I, I'm a little loud. I'm a little boisterous. I'm a little obnoxious to some people. I have a heart that, I, that just loves anybody, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. Uh, I, I just, I, I, and I, well, let me go. Okay, going to go back to my childhood. Ready? In my childhood, it was not the best childhood growing up. But I do remember still in my early childhood, because my grandmother always took me to church, so I always had to learn about God somehow, And I still remember the times as a child in my room, the lights out with my head buried in the pillow crying to God because I felt like no one else was listening. Did I hear an audible voice? No. I did have three very distinct visions in my life. One of them was way back when I was about 12. I think I told you about it. Um, I I was trying to really understand God and read my Bible, and I had the old King James. It didn't make any sense to me and I was crying because I was so, I mean, tears crying because I didn't understand, and why is life so crappy, and why is not nothing make sense? And I want to understand what I read when I read the Bible, and it was just an earnest heart of a child And a vision I still remember to this day vividly. My eyes were closed, and I saw very vividly that there was a Bible, and it opened up in front of me, and it was just a bunch of words. And then from the crease of the Bible came out these new pages, and they lifted up and laid over top of the pages that were already open, and what I read was clear as a bell. And I woke up from that vision, dream, I don't know what you want to call it, feeling like God telling me, look, just stay in the word and I'm gonna reveal myself to you. Now, it still didn't change that in my late teenage years I ran off and became probably the the worst excuse of a human being you could think of. Drinking, womanizing, carousing, wrapped my car around a telephone pole, lucky I didn't die. Before I finally woke up, went in the navy, and said, "If I don't go in the navy, I'm going to end up someplace else." So, what do you tell somebody when?
1: So, what do you tell somebody when they don't see the fruit
0: of the prayers? That's the hard one. Except you just got to hang in there, and that's the worst answer you want to hear. It's a little bit of
1: jargon. So for people that may not be Christian, when I say the word fruit, I just mean I don't see a
0: change. I think about some of these great cathedrals that took a couple hundred years to build. And if you were building on the front end and saw the the architectural designs on the front end we were told, by the way, you're never going to see this finished, well, then why are you doing it? because you're doing something for someone else to come after you. And sometimes and I, in life, sometimes in life I think that when we're struggling for something, we don't mean this. I'm I'm including myself in this next statement. Sometimes when we're crying out for God, we're crying out for our place of comfort, our place of desire, our place of what we think we need and miss the the opportunity to say, "Wait a minute." You've got me. I need to think about others. And when those moments happen, that's when I'm the most surprised. When I'm that when I'm that vulnerable and yielding to my to, in my prayers to say, you know, it really doesn't matter. All right.
1: So when you say that, I'm trying to figure out like I I have to work on my finances. And like my my mindset to finance it's just across the board I need help with that are you saying that even if I don't get a hold of that and I don't and I and I cannot benefit from a healthy financial mindset that somewhere down the line I can help somebody at least not go the direction I went absolutely And so how do do we...
0: You don't have to tell someone...
1: No, no, real quick. And so I'm just saying, I understand that. And I will say, with as much as I've been talking about how hard it is to hear from God, I will say that was God putting a little whisper in my ear. And so I wish we really need to get video, uh, a camera in here. So now my question is, Instagram and what my I would say what my generation most of my generation is looking at Instagram TikTok all this all this stuff and even the encouraging parts of Instagram are just saying hey go after it so you can have this life when you're older like the like the encouraging parts like the good part Oh, social media. I'm not even talking about all the twerking. Go back to our first podcast. One of the biggest
0: issues of today's culture is that wealth and status is a priority. even wealth and status is not bad. But when it's the priority, it's an issue.
1: Right. And so now it's what's the
0: priority? As a Christian, it's figuring out how God wants me to help others. It's not my life anymore. And that is probably one of the biggest obstacles in american christianity today
1: and that is not because when you said that my mind immediately went to oh if i help people and then that's going to turn around and benefit me
0: (laughs) that's immediately where where and immediately you went right back to the thing that you're trying to avoid right that's that's the struggle I don't have the solution, but part of any solution is at least identifying the problem. So
1: would you say in this, con- in, in this conversation of talking to God and trying to hear from him, will you say that most of the issues with us hearing from God come from the perspective that God is supposed to better my life? And you're not telling me how to better my life. And then it's like, oh, I don't think you're really talking to me because you're not talking to me the
0: way I want you to. Talk I think to a me. lot of what I observe is people are just looking for God to better their life. And I'm not saying that God won't better your life. I'm not saying that God won't help you be prosperous. I won't say that God won't help you be wise. I'm, I'm not saying that. But we still need ditch diggers. Who, no, who so, digs right, no. and they got to have the same relationship with God. No, and as this you is and what I'm I.
1: saying. So, for me, you, there has to be. A standard. I understand what you're saying, but is it just the truth that you may not be rich? And I'm not gonna say, well, God may give you money, or he may not. So, but but this is my this is my issue. The truth is, you may not be rich,
0: and you just have to deal with that. And what was the big issue in in the fall of man in Genesis was God said, I don't want you to have that. And they said, Well, I want it and I'm gonna take it.
1: And should we as as people of God be saying, Well, God
0: might want to give it to you? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I think it's okay to say maybe he does as long as you include the maybe he doesn't. And I would and
1: for me, I would say in our context We so Want the maybe that I think we're in danger of continuing to push the cart down that track if we keep saying maybe. I think we have to realize where we are and be like, no, God, maybe not. He 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 may not do that for you, and you have to be okay with we're 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 already okay with God. Oh, he may he might do that. We're already okay with that, and I think and we now we got to be okay
0: with and maybe he won't. So in the meantime, if maybe he won't, how is he, through the word and what I hear in my heart, how is he helping me help someone else?
1: So we're already over an hour. Okay, so, so here's the some, funny joke. So, no, we're good. The funny story, no, no, not a not joke. Not yet,
0: not yet, not yet.
1: So sum, sum this conversation up.
0: Just talk to God and don't be repetitive. And and use scripture when you're talking to him. That's all. Have an open ear.
1: And what do you do when you feel like you don't hear from him?
0: What David do? Oh, why have you forsaken me? Why have you not here listen to me? You be honest.
1: So you're saying no matter what, just keep talking to God. Yeah. No no, no matter the result.
0: That's Brother Lawrence's whole thing about um, practicing his presence.
1: So just keep talking to God.
0: Just keep hanging out with him. He'll surprise you. When, when I you. feel
1: like he ignores
0: me. He'll surprise you. But, don't, when but I just feel don't like babble over the same thing. When I
1: feel like he's mad at me. Yeah. When I feel like he's... When I feel like my
0: prayers aren't being answered. Yeah. And when you've gone through a season of not praying and you recognize, man, I really haven't been praying and talking to God lately. Well, just dut yourself off and start again. So just keep praying. So Amy said no more pony jokes for a while or pony stories. They're not jokes; they're real life stories. No, Lizzie said that. Oh, oh, okay. So, and and but she liked the one on April Fool's Day. That's terrible. So there was this time. My grandfather, he was quite a prankster. I loved him. So, anyways, and he lived like next door, like a th- like literally th- st- stone's throw away, like that close next door. So, out in the country, they had a mobile home right next door house. Blah blah blah. So, one Hold on c- quick a stone's throw away. How hard are you throwing this stone? Well, as a kid, I could have made it, so that's how close they were. So, anyways, um, it was Christmas Eve, and it was a snowstorm, and I was it, I was pretty young at this time, and my grandfather was late coming into the house so we could open our presents, and all of a sudden we heard some banging on the side of the wall, and we heard my my grandfather do some yelling and Hey, what are you doing?" and and then um, and then um, because when we have big snow f- storms up north the snow accumulates on the roof and then um and then all of a sudden and if you're in like in a room when snow slides off the roof you can see it and it makes a noise because it's a lot and all of a sudden a big thing of snow came cascading off the roof and 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 my grandfather busts through the door and he's Oh, yeah, you're not going to believe what happened. You're not going to believe what happened. I saw him. I saw him. He was up there, and just as he was taking off, he just threw me this bag of presents and said he had, He was in a hurry, and... and he was alluding to Santa Claus, <laughs> and we were like, oh, wow, we just missed him. He was, yeah, but I got I got the bag, and he threw it at me, and I wasn't sure if I was going to catch it, but I got it. And I and he, I I wanted him to be there at least so you could see him, but he had to take off, and if you come out, you can see on the roof where he was because the, the, all the snow has gone. Well, he, he took a shovel and went up there and knocked the snow down. And so, yeah, basically, we all thought that he had a Santa Claus encounter.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And you wonder why I'm warped?
1: Are we wrong for teaching our kids about Santa?
0: No. We're wrong if we don't teach them the truth when they're the right age. That's my opinion.
1: That's so we can teach them a lie until they're old enough to know that it's a lie.
0: I th- I think that I've never stopped teaching the birth of Christ at Christmas to my daughter from the moment she was born.
1: So what's the point of Santa?
0: What's the point of the Easter Bunny? There's, they don't have any point. What's the so point? if of, there's no point, what's the point in of April, what's the point of April, April Fool's Day? What, what's the point of Mother's Day? What's the point of Father's Day? I mean, we can just go down the list. The reality: these are just our secular holidays to appease some some entertainment in our life. And as long as we keep perspective, I, I don't have a problem with it. I know I'm I'll get such some a pushback. I'm such a killjoy. Uh so what's a what's the I'm such a killjoy.
1: That was a perfectly good story, and I was like, "Whoa, why did we do this?"
0: Didn't matter to me anyway. I eventually knew that they weren't Santa making up the presents. <laughs> hey, mom, hook This package from Santa is your handwriting.
1: Anyway, um, all right, guys, we love you. Um, hit us up on Instagram at your next. Um podcast.
0: If you stayed this long, give us some feedback. PM, PM us, DM us, whichever it's called. DM. Yeah. PM just I don't know. they just
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not gonna I'll keep that. Coming. So we'll so have myself.
0: a conversation next week and then week ten we'll close this season with something fun.
1: So be looking at Cliffhanger. Ooh. All right. See you guys later. Out.